Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, riding the long, lonesome highway or back roads aren't always the smoothest. Hitting the occasional pothole or rut can take its toll on your ride. Whether it has two wheels or four, keep Heartland Honda in Springdale in mind. They can service and repair your on-road or off-road vehicle. And when it's time for something new or pre-owned, Heartland Honda in Springdale can fix you up. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard. Play hard. You meet the nicest people at Heartland Honda. There he goes, finally off to work. You know, it's been six months since his accident. He just got his new bike, was going to take it for a spin around the block. Some idiot looking at his phone ran a stoplight and plowed right into him. Steve was hurt pretty bad. Thank goodness he was wearing a helmet. And thank goodness for Schmidt Law Firm. Motorcycle accidents happen. Schmidt Law Firm will prove negligence and help you get full recovery. Find them online at KansasCityLawyers.com. Put Schmidt Law Firm on your side of the table because motorcycle accidents do happen. Well, welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Randy Needledick Lewis. How are you, sir? <laughs> what I do, Cletus? What I do? Nothing. Nothing. You know, for a man who claims to be straight, you know a lot about my dig. <laughs> You know, I suppose I stepped into that one with both yeah, feet, didn't I? Sure did. Perhaps I'll think it through next time. <laughs> Turd. So, Randy, you still have that Let's Roll motorcycle dolly, I take it? Oh, shit, dude. Tell I'm, me, what's the latest update? <laughs> I'm using it for everything. Currently, right now, it's being used to hold up a Polaris Razor 1000. Really? No shit. <laughs> I had to do a front differential swap and... I have the whole front end taken off of it. I'm like, shit, I need to be able to move this thing around. How am I going to do that? I mean, they take up a lot of space in my shop. So I've cribbed it up and set the freaking front end of that Polaris onto it. And now I can roll it around and move it with ease. Um, up until then, I had a big dog chopper sitting so on it. So a lot it. of people don't realize that's a big quad. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a big machine for sure, nonetheless. and it's So cool. when I was in there the other day and that thing was hoisted up off the ground, is that what it was sitting on? Yes, actually, it was. It was the front end was sitting on that, and that lets me be able to push it forward, push it backwards. Obviously, spin I've got, it around. Well, that's the thing. Like that machine is so large, and the, the dolly's not used for that. It's it's letting me be able to roll it back and forth, so I can move it and open up one of the lifts I'm working with. And it then, just goes to show there are a lot of applications you can use that you oh, might man. have thought about before. It's, yeah, the, the sky's the limit on that. The framework is holding up great underneath the little bit extra weight, which it may not be that much extra weight compared to a Harley Touring bike. But this is what pisses me off about most jacks is they can lift a freaking a Polaris Razor or a 1,200-pound Harley Ultra Classic, but they won't roll over a zip tie. It just right. baffles me. But this rolls over everything. Stupid easy to move. 
very smooth rolling capabilities underweight so yeah man like hats off boys yeah well if you'd like to check one out you can go to ozarkrides.com and you'll see right there on the home page a link to having a video about it and learning everything you need to know about it uh, highly recommend them. everybody ought to have one if they do any kind of work on their own bike oh yeah for sure or if they store it yeah if yeah if all you want to do is in the winter you just store it jack it up roll it out to the side or something like yeah, that yeah i mean you literally don't keep have the to weight have, off the tires exactly and you have to have zero space if your bike will fit in the space this dolly works great yeah it doesn't extend out beyond the bike not very much for sure and the ability to just push it sideways frontwards backwards spin it all the way around whatever you want to do with it like it, the hold, it holds up great especially if you're the guy that loves to clean his bike and get into all the little nooks and crannies like it, it's amazing to be able to get it up off the ground have the wheels be able to spin I, you know i do maintenance stuff on it too like when i have to do fork conversions or rebuild forks it ain't shit for me to put one of those on that dolly, be able to tear the whole front end off and let it sit there with confidence. Oh, yeah. It's stable. You don't have to strap yes. it down. Yes. It's so wide that, you know, when you think about taking a back wheel off or a whole front end off, the weight is now going to be unbalanced, right? Right. But no, you center it on the frame, set it down, and she's rock steady. Cool. Plus, it's an American-made product, and that's not something you see a lot anymore. Yeah. So check it out at OzarkRides.com. You've had a good week. Yeah, another Why people are interested in how your week's gone, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me how my week's gone. Thank <laughs> you for it's asking. The same. <laughs> I woke up, I shit myself, I took medicine, I'm going to bed. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty much, much it. it. I yeah. was just thinking, pause there for a minute, think if I can add something to it, but no, nope, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> Got oh, me. You know, maybe a, a moment at the feed sack. Yeah, possibly, possibly. So, pretty good week then. Yeah, hell, it's just. It's just rolling. Just That's rolling. It. Yep. Well, I went to the um, Ozark Rides event at Lake of the Ozark Harley Davidson on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Had How a big time there. Lots of things going on. They had the Harley Factory uh, demo rides there. Yeah. So you can go out there and just ride anything Harley has on the market. For some reason, I don't think that there's Sevo models in that lineup. I didn't notice. Yeah. They had a bunch of them in the lineup. That's cool. That's so got to ride the Pan American. Oh, you son of a bitch. Well, thank you. Thank you. You are a prick and a half. That goes without saying. That's a whole <laughs> different subject. But I think I need one. Oh, they're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So I even it, love the way that they look. Most enduro bikes kind of look real edgy and whatever, but mm -hmm. I really like the way the Pan America looks. Yeah, it wasn't awful. On top awful. of how it performs. You know, I was only minorly embarrassed that I was on it, but you know. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. You finally felt alive, didn't you? <laughs> Shit. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Well, this week I decided that I wanted to talk about uh, the worst motorcycles ever made. Ah. Not the worst engine or the worst this or that. Just... In general, the worst bikes ever made. And of course, before all of you uh, get your panties in a bunch, this is just our opinions. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's a fact that they are the worst. <laughs> I'm sure there's a freaking list out there of the worst ones ever made. But that, that would be their opinion too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, based by... I guess it's depending on who you ask how well their knowledge base is. Yeah, perspective, I guess. Okay, so what I'm going to do here is I am going to let you start it off. We're just going to name a few of them. 
maybe three or four of what we think are the crappiest bikes sure. ever made. Sure. And they may not even be crappy because I got a couple in here that I love. Yeah. But the stats show different. Yeah, yeah, you're a little bit off anyway. Well, so. I am. All right, well, I will start with prefacing that the reason why I think these are the worst motorcycles ever made is because of my relationship with them. It's always working on them. These so, are the ones that make you cuss the most? Yes, yes, for sure. So I'm going to start off with the late 80s, early 90s Yamaha Virago 1100. What an ugly bike. Aesthetically stupid. I mean, I hate every last thing about the way that it looks, rider position. I particularly don't give a shit how it handles. Like, it's just not good, in my opinion. And for an 1100cc bike, it's not got a very big frame. It's not very long. It's still pretty narrow. It's just not comfortable. Wasn't that their first foyer into the V-twin world? Pretty good possibility, yeah. yeah I mean, it's one yeah, of the first that yeah, they did. Yeah, Um I'll couple that with another bike from that era that I absolutely hate. But the reason why I hate the Virago is the engineering on it is probably so high that it's shit. Like working on it, everything is in a horrible spot. Everything's hard to get to. I don't think that they run all that well. Most of the Viragos that I've had to deal with, they'll run great as long as you're absolutely raping them. If you're a putter... They tend to foul plugs. They tend to not want to run very well. The carb geometry kind of sucks. And it just, it, it works, okay? But it doesn't work great in my mind. And then along the same lines, and I've got another bike that everybody loves that I hate working on. But the Yamaha Venture Royale oh. from those times. Freaking garbage. The carb setup, they were trying to emulate the Goldwing. I hated the carburetors on them. I hated the design of taking them off and servicing them. And then on top of that... Is every, that the one that's the V4? Yes. Yes. And they did make decent power. A lot of guys, when they were new, loved them. But freaking doing normal maintenance stuff on them is a chore. Like an absolute chore. There's so much shit to remove. The plastic clips and the, the way that all that plastic goes together... Nine times out of ten, if you don't break something, something's odd. You know what I mean? It's, it's been a part and it's already broken. It's the reason why you're not breaking something. I just just hated them, the way they look, the working on them, just the ergonomics of it was just garbage in my mind. Well, I've got one that's actually in your garage right now uh, in your shop. Don't you, your, don't your you train talk monkey? It's your train monkey's bike. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the Honda CX-500. Yeah, yeah. You know, back in the late 70s, you know, when the Honda and other manufacturers putting out some pretty powerful street bikes. Yeah. Uh, the popularity of this bike was... Nil. Well... <laughs> Nil. The problem with it, uh, it, you know, a lot of people like the looks of it, and I don't mind the looks of it. I think the looks of it can be worked on and made into something really cool. Yeah. But, uh, and it did have a high sales rate. A lot of, a lot of bikes were sold. But uh, there's quickly, a reason why it was only production for like three or four years. Or well, something. yeah, because things turn really bitter for Honda with these bikes. They received complaints about the engine and handling malfunction. Yeah. And uh, apparently there was a huge problem with the crankshaft rotation. Yeah. In them. Yeah. Are you having problems with this? Not on his, no, but it was not in a Honda inline four. 
Yeah. So that's that's a big thing. When you have a basis like that of a comparison, when you see their CB750s and then you have this CX500, all their CB line did great. All the way from their 125s all the way up to their 750s. They did amazing. But that CX500 just wasn't that. That's the one with, in case you're not familiar with it, with the Moto Guzzi style engine. Yeah, it's hor- kind of somewhat horizontal, not horizontally opposed, but the cylinder heads sit to the left and the right of the tank. Instead of front it, and yeah, back, yeah. right. It also had a problem with, uh, it pulled real hard to the right when decelerating. Yeah. And if you weren't used to that, then, you know, that, that could be a problem. On top of that, it also had a wheel locking problem. And I don't know, uh, maybe it's just me. Uh, that's not a good idea. That's really not a good idea. And I'm going to talk about another set of Honda bikes that Mm. for all intents and purposes, you would think would be on the best motorcycles ever made, uh, that had a serious wheel locking problem. So I'll start out with the CX 500 crap, crap, crap. No, it is garbage. I've, I've seen so many of those come through the shop and they're like, Hey, I got this old Honda. Um, it's a pretty badass little bike. I got it really, really cheap. And I'm like, shit. There's a reason you got it really, I really know cheap. exactly what bike it is. Yeah, it just, it was a good idea to try to change the mold a little bit. Just wasn't very good executed. They are right. not, they don't design those engines and, and gearboxes very well. Especially when you have the, the CB line to compare it to. I mean, there was just no comparison. Didn't make any amount of the power that the CBs did. It didn't handle as well as the CBs did. And a lot of people don't know this. It's not a full frame bike. So that's... No, the engine's part of the frame. Yeah, I would say that that's got to be one of the reasons why it just was garbage. You know, it's just a neck. It's got a short stub on the front side to hang the front part of the motor. And then it's a large, like, two and a half inch or three inch diameter tube that kind of curls back and around and locates the bottom part of the engine. So the engine's virtually suspended on one tube rail, and that's it. So I, I could see why that just wasn't... It just it was a good idea, but like you said, it executed. it was so far ahead of its time that it wasn't it wasn't accurate. Right. So. So what's the next one you got? All right, this is the next bike, which I typically. How come I have to have crib notes and you don't? Because you don't do this shit daily. Plus, I'm old and senile. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Um, I I don't hate this entirely as a brand. But typically their motorcycles, I just disagree with, don't like them. It's Suzuki as a total in the touring motorcycle market. Now their sport bikes, it's it's one of my favorite sport bikes. The GSXR 650, 750, love those bikes. The Jixxer 1000, love it. The Hayabusa, love it. Completely different realm from the touring side. But the one that I absolutely disagree with, the absolute most, hands down, is the Suzuki Intruder, the like the VS1400s. Not their Boulevard Intruders, where it was more of a V-twin cruiser style. The Suzuki Intruder made a shit ton of power. Not reliable, though, in my opinion. And the ergonomics on it were garbage. I mean, the battery suspended up underneath the back of the engine and the bike, along with the voltage regulator, well, around our area, what happens to the bottom side of your engine and the back side? Oh, it's mud and dirt and yeah. slinging. Yeah. So the heart of the electrical components are exposed to the worst part of riding, right in front of the rear wheel. So it just it just was a miss on my part. The tank design was god-awful. It was a long, 
skinny tank that tapered from top to bottom so it looked like a v and i've just maybe it's because of my size but i've never felt comfortable on one the handlebars out of the box were garbage which side note on that i hate the handlebars out of the box on a harley too like i just hate them um so with me being on the more modification side and repair and, and stuff like that, there's a shit ton of things that you could do to change that. But with the Suzuki, the cables were expensive, had a hydraulic clutch, which is cool, but I always have to go to aftermarket to repair that stuff and fix that stuff. Braking on it, in my opinion, was very lackluster. Didn't have big enough pistons, didn't have big enough bores on the master cylinders to lock down. Um, because they, they truthfully did, that 1400 made good power when one runs right like they run hard i wasn't super thrilled with the handling it runs a set of small forks up front they're not very large they have horrible dampening in my opinion so that's kind of why i i just really hate working on the suzuki intruder there's nothing easy about it there's nothing great the wiring is funky on it the ignition coils are in weird spots so it's just Trying to jam-pack a, a 10-pound bag of shit into a 5-pound bag is what it was, in my opinion. All right, then. I've got uh, one here that you're just going to love. It's a Harley-Davidson. I knew you were going to say that. But it it's is an old Sportster, isn't it? Uh, not all Sportsters. No, no, no. Just one the, specific. The one year. Yeah. The one year that it went down the shitter. Let me guess. 71. I know you knew that because either you knew that it was a crap bike, or you looked at my crib notes. I can't see halfway across the table. What are you talking about? No, you, that's true. Not after your sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth beer. Ah, uh, that's it's just a 71 Sportster. Yeah. Now, yeah. a good product as far as, it's Harley-Davidson puts out a good product. The Sportster, as we have spoke about many times before, is, is a good bike. But uh, unfortunately, this one didn't really come out as planned. Yeah. This particular bike was deliberately built with longer forks and it had a, a it was kind of top heavy. Yeah. So, you know, the riding characteristics of it wasn't what you would really uh, desire in a motorcycle, particularly a Sportster. Yeah. But the combination somehow, it just, it just didn't work well. It was poor handling all the way around, especially on corners. So you're talking about, it's one of the, a lot of people don't know this, I, I guess, and it's truthfully, I could be wrong. It's one of the first AMF bikes. It is. I thought about going just overall all Harley Davidson no, AMF bikes, no. but I didn't feel like scrapping with you over that. No. So no. that's a subcategory. It's it's first progression of AMF retooling and redoing a whole bunch of stuff with Harley to cut cost. That's yeah. well, you're talking about the AMF years. It wasn't because Harley was a bad brand or they produced bad motorcycles. The times were freaking tough right there and Harley was going to go be belly up. So they had to do something to stay in. So anytime, what does any major corporation do when, when times are tough, you have to cut production cost. Well, with production cost cut, what, there's a trade-off for everything. Exactly. So when you cheapen up your manufacturing process and what you're manufacturing, you're going to get a cheaper end product. It's just simple. Right. That's how it was. What I hated about those was the right side shift to left side brake. Why do you suppose they switch those out? I, I really don't know. I'm not that smart on it as to why. I really can't fathom it. 
but that's one of the only knocks that I have. You know, Triumph was like that for a long time. They were reversed. Well, all your British bikes are that way. Yeah, exactly. But now they're not. No, because... The status quo has always been left side shift, right side brake. Right. So what in the frick was going through engineers' minds during See that time? See how you time? threw frick in there? Oh, yeah. I haven't uh, forgot. <laughs> I did. Uh-huh. Uh, it just goes to show that we don't always say the F word. Yeah. Well, like I said, with the long forks, the top heavy, it made it really hard to ride in the curves. You couldn't go fast. Yeah. But it wasn't the, a fast machine anyway. Yeah. Well, also, because you couldn't go fast in the curves, that's another problem. It handled like shit when it went, went slow. Yeah. So it, it was just a crappy bike all the way around. Yeah, I would just have to say that... Just that one year. It's because of the, the freaking progression of, you know, bringing an outside entity in. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can say is the probability of why. Okay, throw something out there. All right. So here's the one that everybody's going to be like, what is wrong with this dude? That My next one they're going to say that about. And it, it goes to a time period. If you look at all all the stuff that I'm talking about, it's a certain time period, which was a very hard time for America and manufacturing anything. But the gold wings of the 70s and 80s. The early gold wings, I really liked the looks of those bikes. They weren't quality. No, they are not what you think about gold wing of today. Oh, heavens no. They didn't. They're a, a, a naked bike. Uh, they should be is what they should be but the ones i'm talking about they had a full trunk full boxes on the back oh the late not the very early ones the later ones yeah yeah so to change the rear tire you literally and unless there's some trick that i don't know about which is very possible you have to freaking unhook the wiring off the back take the seat off loosen up a couple of pivot points take the lower exhaust brackets off Take the lower saddlebag brackets off of the front and literally roll the entire back end up and over and set it where the seat cavity is, all just to work on the rear end, the rear wheel, the brakes, all that bullshit. Because it's so covered in crap and all of it was fixed, like that's my quick fix to being able to change a rear tire on one, is about freaking 45 minutes worth of work of unhooking and loosening and taking bolts out just to roll it up. Then when you set it back down, Ain't a shitting thing aligns. Like, you have to fight your ass off to get those to align right. I've literally seen people lay those bikes on their side. Seriously, put a carpet down, a blanket down, and lay them on their side just to be able to change the rear wheels on them. But then the carb setup on them, I mean, it was a four-cylinder 1100. I I think it was 1100, Uh four-cylinder. The intake boots were all rubber. Then you have carbs that sit way out to the outside. They just, you had to do so much of an intake runner and so much crap to work on it. You literally have to disassemble half the motorcycle to work on routine things. And I just, I hate that idea. And then obviously they were running timing chains and timing belts. Well, that's a wear item. It's it's called an interference motor. So if timing jumps, valves will contact the pistons. So every 10 years or 80,000 miles, I believe that's how it was, whichever came first, you had to change out these timing belts and timing chains and stuff. So it was just, in my opinion, a bunch of crap added on to it that created a worse user end goal. Yeah. Plus, let's not forget, they're ugly. Oh, God dang, they're ugly. That's back in the days when they were using the uh, Craig Vetter fairings. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, 
I don't know what people saw in that style. Everybody had them, you know. All I mean, the, I guess it was the times. But all hey, the big I, metric brands sold a Vetter fairing on. I lived them. in those times, and and even then, I thought that's the stupidest looking thing. I tell you what, I I hate, and it just makes me chuckles. The sissy bars on the bikes back in the day, they looked like chain link fence, in my opinion. Big, tall sissy bars with like flat scroll work through the middle of them. Yeah, like that's what everybody had. Granted, it may have been cool at the time, but now I look back and I'm like. Who in the hell would have ever thought that that yeah, looked 50 good? years from now, they'll look at the bikes that we have and they go, what were they thinking? Yeah, possibly. So, okay, here's one for you. And people are going to go, that that don't make no kind of sense. You seldom do. Well, I got a, I got a legitimate gripe here. All right. It's all right. the early models, like late 50s, 60s, uh, Honda C50. The C70, <laughs> C90, and C110s. Those are those little cubs <laughs> yes. that you step through. Yes. Uh, very reliable engines. Okay. Still produced today, that style Still of engine. Still produced today, but we're not talking about the engine. You're talking about the battery placement inside of that box-ass frame with all the wiring that runs through it with relays and switches back inside of it that are near impossible for a adult male with a large size hand to get to? You know... That's probably one of the things, you know, I mean, they were a very popular bike. A lot of people are going to go, how can you justify? Well, I got a reason. So these three speed motorcycles, uh, they had two basically major flaws. The one is a big flaw. As far as I'm concerned, the wheels would lock up when changing gears. Okay. That's not ideal. Eh, uh, not if typically. you change your gears and say you geared down too quickly, the whole thing would seize up the lock up. Oh, not shit. the engine. It would just, and I don't know how they uh, fix that. I'm not going to speak to something I don't know about. But the suspension was way too soft. You ever ridden in a Cadillac that needed new shocks? Oh, and that bitch just They're just bouncing and floating <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, that was another problem that it had. So put those two together. Well, you've definitely got a recipe for some unwanted loss of control. What do you think that they produce that motorcycle for? If you call it a motorcycle, in my opinion, it's, it's a, a scooter. That's a freaking toy. Yeah. It's they, a child's bike. They, they produced them for like, uh, I don't know, the young college girls or yes. uh, the yuppies at the time of the time. Scooting around town. Scooting, scooting around, around town. Around you want to go to the grocery store or something like that. Or how, did the, how do you think those people rode those machines? Slow and easy. Gingerly. Yeah. So they were probably designed for exactly what they thought was going to be used for. Including the lock on, locking up? Uh, I would go to say if you maintenance the machine properly and you rode it easily, you probably wouldn't have had as many issues. Always. But what they didn't account for is the people like you and I. That if you can go full throttle, why not go full throttle? In every which way you go, it's as fast as a, it'll on go. On a Cub 50 is not really... No, no. Lot, but, but you still Because cry. it's slow, you push the son of a bitch as hard as you can. Okay. Well, I'm surprised that you're, uh, you know, defending. <laughs> I just like to be contrary to you. I know. That's, you that's as simply. What's your next one so I can tear that one up? You get one more. One more, huh? Maybe two. I'm going to have to think about that. Okay. Since you can't figure out another one, you don't have. I've got I mean, one. I'm your just... go-to should be Harley. Negative Ghost Rider. So Negative. you don't think that the... Um, I'll tell you one. Okay, you want to you come at me. I'll come at you then. Indian. 
any of the Indians through the nineties. Pieces of shit. Garbage. And They're you just, would not believe that's that they a blanket are. statement. Yes. The reason why I say you wouldn't believe a Mars because they ran SNS engines. I mean, they were an aftermarket motorcycle badged with Indian. Uh, Indian, yeah. Right. Ugliest sin. Yep. Freaking zero traction on sales. Mm-hmm. Not that they weren't reliable, but they were just, it was like a freaking abomination of the brand. It was a train wreck. Yes. Yeah. So I would have to say that's one of them. Okay. Solely just because of how horrible they did in sales and how horrible they did in interest. And I'll see guys today trying to sell one and they're like, Oh yeah, I've got an Indian. It's an old Indian. And I'm like, all right, you're talking old. Let's go thirties, forties, something like that. And I'm like, Oh no, it's a 97. I'm like, get that piece of shit huh. out of here. That's embarrassing for them to even say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I swear to God. And I'm not just saying this. You well, I, you could give me a, one of those old Indians, but I would immediately put it on Craigslist. <laughs> and get 20 bucks for it. Yeah, but you'd um, have to give it to me. I nobody buy wants it. those things, which is no. crazy to me because it was big name aftermarket parts. But Would together. you not, uh, shifting gears here, uh, you know, Indian, Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Would you not put the Harley slash Porsche? What are you looking at me like that for? I'm trying to figure out where the hell you're going. Well, you've got one. The Magneti Morelli? No. The V-Rod? No. No, I would not put that in a category of worst ever. Why not? Hell no. They didn't have They're a... They're ugly. Relative term. Do they fit me? No. Do they appeal to me on a grand scale? Aren't they not hard to term. work on? Eh, not really. Yeah, I'm not going to get it out of you. No, because, okay, I'll, I'll preface this with another one. Everybody loves the Goldwing, right? Sure. Amazing motor. Even Goldwings of today... Amazing motorcycle, flat garbage to work on. Try changing an air filter out on a Honda Goldwing and tell me how many hours you have in it. It's stupid. You have to take near half the cowling off the top of the motor, move a shit ton of electronics just to get to the air filter on it. On that V-Rod you talk about, it's got a quick quarter turn connector on a cover. One thing, you pull it off, you can access. Yeah, you'd have to pull the battery out to get to the front spark plug. You can get to everything on top of the motor right there. Throttle body, everything is underneath of a one-quarter turn cover, and that's it. Easy to change belts out on. Now, granted, from what I take, it was Harley's kind of slap in the face to metric ripping all their shit off. It was water-cooled, all-in-one case, so the engine oil does primary trans and engine is what I'm getting at with that. But they made freaking power. Granted, they had a small fuel cell, and there wasn't a whole lot of rider space on it, but they made a bunch of power. They were water cooled. They were all in one. The really big knock is that it doesn't fit a big guy, but they were fast little bikes. They made a shit ton of power. After the first couple of years, they come out with a little bit larger motor on it. I think a hundred CC bump in that. And then they had the V rod muscle for the dudes that really wanted to work them. Inverted front forks, badass brakes, they were little rocket ships. So F what you heard on those being one of the worst bikes ever made. Hmm. Popular, eh, they were a niche deal, but good bikes nonetheless. Hmm. So here's my last one. You may ask yourself why I chose this. Just the facts, ma'am. Ma'am. Just the facts. And even though I would give my left nut, because I'm not using it anyway, <laughs> uh, 
for one of these, and I've had one of them. I adore these bikes. Probably the worst bikes ever made. Really? Should be the Kawasaki H1 and H2s. Oh, wow. The 500 H1, the 750 is what I had, the H2. You're talking about the two-cycle triples. Yeah. Um, came out in 1969, the H1 did, the 500. And you probably are going to wonder why I think... Yeah, yeah. Well, what, these, what could you hate about it? Big ass power. That's all there is to say. Well, they didn't ma- name it the Widowmaker for nothing. That makes it even better. <laughs> well, for you and I, <laughs> I'm talking about for John Q. Citizen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they made an ass ton of power. I mean, an obscene amount of power. You get into that 4,500 RPM range, but they had little skimpy brakes. The handling on them was dangerous. Uh, yeah. Particularly if you were a, an unseasoned motorcycle rider. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you're a high school kid or a college kid and you just thought, oh, I ran into some money, I'm going to go out and buy one of these. Yeah. Uh, you're going to die. Particularly the 750. And that, that, the 750 came uh, out about three years after the 500 did. Uh, it had a 748cc engine, fastest of their kind at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you hit the throttle on that, not only will your head snap back, uh, but the front turning would pull hard to the right. Probably because torque. Yeah, eventually they put a, a a fork dampener on it to keep that from, it didn't keep it from happening, but. It lessened the light. It lessened load. a little bit. Yeah. That's a perfect example of. They were really not safe to ride. Oh man, in my opinion, that makes Which made great. them fun. That's <laughs> yeah. what made them great. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it also gave you a good excuse when somebody said, hey, can I ride that? No. I tell you one worse than that is the Suzuki branded inline three, two stroke. I, I can't, it's like a GS. There's no motorcycle. I dare you to say any motorcycle to prove that handled and braked worse than the H1 and H2 in the history <laughs> of motorcycles. We got to think about the times of what the capabilities were with those parts. And everyone was thinking bigger, faster, stronger. They didn't, I don't think that they necessarily thought about the adverse side of but more But keep power. this in mind too. Back in those days, testosterone levels in men were much higher. Yes. And they, they had didn't like make what, them a, for Nancy's. A 10 inch rotor, some bullshit, 10 inch brake rotor. Yeah. Very small. Yeah. Now you're talking about standard small as 11.5. You know, average now is 12 inches to 12 and a half inches. And you talk about aftermarket Harleys that are making shit ton of power. A lot of people switch out to a 13 or 14 inch rotor on those. And even the metric motorcycles have got larger 13 inch rotors on those. And so the fact that they only had one front brake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just crazy. I mean, there is a reason that they were nicknamed the Widowmaker and it wasn't a sales pitch. Which cracks me up is relatively the same time Honda was making their CB 750 Supersport that had yeah. dual front discs, but made a fraction of the power that that bike made. No, if you wanted to go off the, the stoplight with some 750 oh. H1 and a CB 750, that CB 750 is going to look like they were pulling an RV. Yeah, yeah, which is funny to me. They had more stopping capabilities with less power, whereas opposed to the H1 and H2 had more power with zero stopping ability. Yeah, forget about stopping. <laughs> yeah, Suck all the way to up. the seat of the crash, baby. <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's a, kind of a list of some of the worst bikes, in my opinion, and yours. I think ever it's made. more the worst time period, <laughs> if you really look at it. That's the time period I look back on most favorably. 
Yeah, it's because you grew up there. Yeah, I mean, I, you didn't know any different at the time. And, no. You know, no, oh, this know. one's going to kill you quicker? I need that one. Yeah, it's like taking ass whippings from your old man. Yeah. When it happened, you're like, this is the worst. But now you're like, eh, it wasn't so bad. Wasn't so bad. <laughs> and you know what? I, I probably had that coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably nothing. I did. Yeah. So, anyways, those are some of the bikes. If you have a differing opinion, let us know. Because uh, on this subject, I, I might be interested in hearing what folks have to say there's probably a half a dozen out there that i haven't thought about for sure but um anyways so the end of next month you know what that is uh june correct you are sir you don't miss a tick (laughs) it took me a second to think about that too (laughs) it will also be uh two more episodes is our 100th episode shut now you say you know you listen to podcasts and they're up four or five hundred episodes but folks we only do two a month and we're we're garbage too. Yeah. The fact that we can stick around for a hundred is something to something to hang your hat on, I guess. It's, yeah, I suppose so. Maybe a tiny ass little hat, but a hat. A few, it takes a few years to get there. We don't do one every yeah. other day or every week. Yeah. So we're kinda thinking about what we can do about that. So I hope you have a good week coming up. Me or everybody else? Okay, sure. I'll throw you in there. <laughs> ha. Some bitches got jokes today. Yeah, and they're not very good. So what are you going to do? So uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, you might consider becoming a Patreon member. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Ozark Rides. Or you can find us anywhere on the OzarkRides.com website. So until next week, we hope that you get out there and ride and always keep it on two wheels.